No. Well, good evening, everyone. Are we doing okay so far? I'm afraid I think we might have run out of activity packs. I do apologise if you were caught short there. So wasn't Darren's piece great? Don't you love his sense of humour? I, I, some great gag uh, lined up to say, you know, you'd need a sense of humour like that to be a West Brom supporter. <laughs> but those of you who are following the football results yesterday will realise the joke is very much on him. Yes, Aston Villa supporters, I'm talking to you. Yes, Stoke City supporters, I'm talking to you. And the other thing I just wanted to point out, do you notice uh, Lucas playing Joseph there in that little video? I reckon, shows how long we've been here, Darren. I reckon Lucas has now played Joseph and the baby Jesus. <laughs> Not many people can claim that, I reckon. Anyway, on a more serious note, Darren mentioned three examples of amazing love. The amazing love of Joseph and the amazing love of Jesus. And my task today is to talk about the amazing love of God the Father. We've just heard uh, David and Joy read from 1 John 10, verse, sorry, 1 John 4, verses 7 through 12, which is, which is a famous passage that describes God as the God of love. And the idea is, is that love isn't, isn't just something God does. Actually, it's who he is. He doesn't just dip in and out of it. Love defines him. And in fact, in, in that chapter, in verses, both verses 8 and verse 16, it specifically says, God is love. Now, you, you know that game where I say a word and you respond with the very first thing that comes into your head. I think we played that earlier with that, what do you think is amazing about Christmas video? That, that sort of idea. I wonder what would be your one word, your thought, about God. I wonder. I, I think if, if I was to throw that question out there, some would, would give a, a religious, dutifully give a religious answer. You'd, you'd say something like holy or, or mighty. If you're very theological, you might say sovereign. But I reckon, you know, some people might have a rather bleak view. For them, their one word might be the word judgment. Or perhaps the word strict. Or, or possibly the word fearful. Now, I remember, I think it was about 15 years ago, my father and I were on a long drive to a folk festival in Ontario, which he quite bizarrely was giving a seminar. He was a computer programmer, so I shan't connect the dots, don't have time. But anyway, we're on this long, beautiful drive uh, in the beautiful province of Ontario, and, and we struck up a conversation. Do you know, my father and I, we don't talk about religion. Historically, it, it has not gone well. But on this occasion, he started it, and he said something that I found really striking. And the conversation went something like this. He said, from my experiences of school assembly... And if I'm honest, I'm not sure he's set foot in any form of church, chapel situation since those school assemblies, apart from possibly the odd wedding and a funeral. But he said, from my recollections, my experiences of school assembly, he said, it seems to me 
that your Christian message is very different to one that I heard growing up. At which point you can imagine my ears pricked up. And he said, you know, for us it always seemed to be about fear and judgment. But he said, for you, the recurring theme seems to be love. I was pretty delighted he'd spotted that, actually. But you know what, I wonder, for how many people would their one word have been love? And so if our title, our theme today is Amazing Love, the question I guess is, why is that love so amazing? And I'm just going to give you three quick thoughts tonight, and then I'll wrap this up. So thought number one, uh, God's love is totally unconditional. That means his love for you is 100% totally and utterly independent of your actions towards him. Therefore, that love is not judgmental. It's not irritable. It's not fluctuating. You might have heard it stated like this. You know, there's nothing that you can do to make God love you any more than he already does. Why? Because that love is unearned. That love is unmerited. And because that love is already at maximum anyway. There's nothing that you can do, nothing impressive, nothing stunning, nothing wonderful that can make God love you anymore. That's good news because we can quit trying to earn it desperately if that is the case. So there's nothing you can do to make God love you anymore. Equally, There's nothing that you can do to make God love you any less. Uh, In Ephesians 2 verse 4 it says, But God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. You know, there is no sin too great There is no failure too horrible. There is no rejection too deep to damage his love for you. Because his love is unconditional, that means it comes with no conditions at all. That love is is freely given with no exception clauses, with no strings attached. That is amazing love. You won't find love like that anywhere else. Not even if you come to my house and visit my dogs. So number one, and that's pretty unconditional, I have to say. So number one, God's love is unconditional. Number two, God's love is unfailing. A couple of verses, Psalm 36, verse 7. How precious is your unfailing love, O God. All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. And then in Joel 2, verse 13, it says, Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. You know, this is one of the strong characteristics that sets God's love apart, especially when it's compared with love in general. Now, I'll be honest with you, try as I might, 
well-intentioned though I am, my love is fallible. Do you know what? Probably like all of us, I have good days and I have bad days. Do you know what? I, I will let you down. My love will appear conditional. I, I will unwittingly, unintentionally make you earn it. My love fails. I'm sorry. But here in contrast, what, what Paul the Apostle writes about God's love. This is in the amazing chapter, Romans 8, starting in verse 35. He writes this, Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? That's called a rhetorical question. Goes on to say, Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? or are persecuted, or hungry, or destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death. Then in verse 38 it says, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, when you, when you read about but all these things that could potentially separate us from God's love, you know, it's quite the list. You know, Paul should know because Paul lived quite the life. We read elsewhere that that Paul had been beaten, he'd been whipped and stoned, he'd been robbed, he'd been imprisoned, he'd been shipwrecked. On one occasion he he was left adrift at sea for 24 hours. He'd known hunger and thirst, he'd been frozen and it concludes by saying how heavily burdened he was with the great responsibility he carried for the church. And what Paul is writing here is that in spite of all of that, in the middle of all of that, he remained utterly convinced that God's love held strong through it all. And he caps the amazing chapter by saying that nothing in all creation, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing absolutely nothing, ever. Why? Because God's love is unfailing. I I thank God for human love. Human love is a beautiful thing. But divine love is amazing because it's unfailing. It's pure and perfect and unquenchable. Because God loves you with 100% love, 100% of the time. And my third point, describing how amazing God's love in number three, is that God's love has been proven. Proven once and for all. Proven physically and practically and undeniably. Do you know, words are great. It's fantastic to to express your love. 
But as they say, actions speak louder than words. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You know, it's easy to roll that verse off the tongue. It's probably the most famous Bible verse of all. But if we pause and think about it for a second, let me ask you this. Would you be prepared to willingly and intentionally give, which means sacrifice, the life of your only child. Not only that, would you do it for a people who had overtly despised and rejected you over and over again? I don't know about you. I think I'd struggle with that. For me to give my life for them, I think is doubtful. For me to give Ollie, Joel or Toby's life for them, absolutely no way, Jose. Why? Which is why God's love is so amazing. The greatest love, as we know, the greatest kind of love is sacrificial. John 15, 13 says, There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You know, my life, for my friend's life, is extraordinary. My only son's life, for my enemy's life, for me, that's unthinkable. God's love, for you, once and for all, has been proven. So, for you today then, at Christmas time, God loves you with unconditional love. He loves you with unfailing love. And he loves you with proven love. When we were young, we used to sing a song that goes something like this. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. You know, and that's great. The Bible does indeed tell us so in no uncertain terms. But here's the crux. Do you know the reality of that for yourself? Has it sunk from your head to your heart? Has, has it shifted from theory to practice? Has it, has it shifted from wishful thinking, from a lovely story that we read every Christmas? Has it shifted to a life-changing reality? Paul wrote this in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18. He said, And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So Paul prayed that prayer over his flock. And I'm going to pray that same prayer over you today in just a little bit. And do you know what? At Christmas, as we again sing those, those carols with the warm, cuddly and familiar lyrics, as you hear again some, some imaginative version of the Christmas story at your kids' nativity, 
as you open your gifts that have been carefully chosen and beautifully wrapped and lovingly given. Our prayer is that the love of God, the beating heart of a father, his his impassioned desire for an intimate personal relationship with you will become new and fresh and real as it sinks deep into your heart. As Ephesians 3 verse 19 says, may you, may you experience it. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. May you actually experience it for yourself. May, may you feel it. May you really get it once and for all to, to grasp how, how wide and how long and how high and how deep it is. To grasp that, that love that's too great to fully Understand because it's so amazing, in part because it is so superior to human love. And I'm going to pray that over you for three reasons. I'm going to pray it over you, number one, because that love, that amazing love, can and will change your life. I'm going to pray it over you because that love is the most powerful force in the universe. And thirdly, I'm going to pray it over you because because the absence of that love is the reason that many people feel a gaping hole in their heart. As the famous poem recites, Love came down at Christmas. Love all lovely, love divine. Love was born at Christmas. Star and angels gave the sign. Worship we the Godhead, love incarnate, love divine.